years ago, I received a card from somebody, really a, a nice card <clears throat> made of paper that was really thick and pulpy, handmade. Uh, and on the cover of the card was an image, a watercolor painting of uh, some plants that had been planted. I believe they were native plants. And, uh, and the idea was inside the card were seeds. And what you could do is you could take the very card and plant the whole card in the ground and then actually grow the plant that was depicted on the cover of the card. Very clever and thoughtful thing. And I thought when I received it, you know, what a wonderful thing. I will definitely be burying this and planting it and growing these plants. Definitely I'll be doing this just as I put it into a drawer, which is where it still is today. And I'm not exactly sure which drawer it is, and I feel a little guilty every time I think about those seeds that never got planted. As some of you know, my family and I used to live in the central coast area of California. And we were very close to Salinas, Salinas Valley, which is a major uh, area for agriculture in our country. Also the area all around Santa Cruz, that whole region. And we got to know some farmers really well. One thing you come to understand if you are in farming is the value of seeds. Seeds are precious because seeds hold this great potential, but you can completely waste the potential of any seed if you just fail to plant it. If you stick it away someplace, it becomes as worthless as anything. So with that in mind, we hear this parable today, this well-known and a little bit fearful parable about the talents. Now the word talent, if I was to ask any of you, what does the word talent mean? You'd probably answer that it has something to do with a gift that you're given. A talent is a skill that you might have, but you're born with it. Uh, talents are things that you can either develop or not. You can actually make your own talents though. So you may be a talented singer, but you never actually develop that talent and never become the great singer you might have been. But in this story, the word talent actually is simply a measurement. And it's because the translators of the King James Bible, um, they took this word talentum in the Greek, talentum in the Latin, and instead of cha changing it into some common English usage, they used the word talent. That's why we have the word in modern English that we have. So it's because of this parable that the language was changed. But anyway, the measurement that I was telling you about, a talent, would have been in Jesus' time 20 pounds of silver, which would have been two years' worth of wages for a regular laborer. So really it was a lot of money. And that helps us understand what it might have been like for those servants when they received those uh, talents that were put entrusted into them, uh, it would have been pretty intimidating to get five times two years worth of labor um, and being told to be a safekeeper for it. And so of course, the way the story goes, the first of the servants invests skillfully the five talents and he grows it to make it 10 talents total. The second one takes two, invests it, ends up with four talents. But the last of the servants is fearful. And he just digs a hole in the ground. He's not planting a seed, he's actually doing the opposite. 
He's like sticking it in a drawer um, out of fear. And then he returns it without any growth at all. And of course, it ends extremely badly for this last of the servants. Now, with a parable like this, and I found myself saying a similar thing a few weeks ago with a similar parable, we have to remember that the parables are stories that are written in a way to be extreme, and to wake us up, and to shock us and jar us. And it's really a mistake if you read a parable in a way where you think it's a literal one-for-one. For example, when Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like, he's not saying the kingdom of heaven is exactly like this. And when we get the figure that we might think is the role that is God, which in this case would be the landowner, it doesn't mean that is exactly like God, but there's some aspect here for us to pay attention to, maybe wake up to, and learn from. And so, in this case, if you think about it, if Jesus is somebody who wants us to learn about God and learn to love God more, this would not be a good teaching. This would be a teaching that would make us think that God was someone really to be terrified of. But listen to what I believe it's really teaching. This is the insight that, for me, unlocks what this parable um, can mean in a fruitful way. Think about those talents, those precious gifts that are put and entrusted into the hands of these people. Think of the, about them not just as currency. What if we're talking about love? The gift of love, the gift of faith. These are things that can't be earned. You can't make it. You can only receive it with grace. And sometimes you receive more. Sometimes you receive less. And for me, this helps understand why it would make sense the landowner to say something like, those who have more, more will be given. Those who have very little, and then they squander it and do nothing with it, even the little they have will be taken away. It is a tragic picture, but it's an important one, one that speaks to us, I think, all today, that we not waste the precious gifts put into our hands because it matters. And if you think of how valuable and precious these gifts were, and how important the gift of love is, and how sad it is when it's squandered, you can see why the landowner would take such offense. Another thing to say is how fear plays into this. As I noted, the third of the servants was filled with fear. They say, it has been said, that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. And when you think about it, hatred comes from the root of fear. And then when we let hatred grow, what ends up happening is it deforms us. And it deforms those who we see as our enemy, at least in our eyes. And this person, sadly, who was filled with fear, wasn't able to be in his right mind. He wasn't able to even do this very sensible thing that the landowner says at the end, you could have just put it where it got just the minimum amount of interest, and he didn't even think to do that because of his fear. So it's a cautionary tale for all of us. In the end, this parable gets our attention, and it shows us that 
When we are stingy with the love bequeathed to us, and we don't, we don't in actually need God to punish us at all. We inflict the punishment on ourselves. When we go down this road of the one-talent man, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the suffering actually will not only be ours, but God will suffer too. And this is not what God wants. This is what Jesus is warning us to avoid for the sake of our lives. The gift of love and even the gift of our very lives. These are things that are not meant to be used up carelessly or saved greedily, but to be invested lovingly, courageously, and faithfully, even if sometimes that means imperfectly. We are only here for a short time, and the point of life is not about how many days we will have, but how we will use each of those days. If we choose, we can use our talents to invest the very love that we have received, to spread it where it is not yet found, and to plant it for the future fruitful growth of the kingdom.